strangers who knew horse flesh with a strange intuitive knowledge they would visit the tents of the fortune tellers also above all they would consult the crystal gazer who was said to lay bare the past present and future at a glance one could test the truth of his predictions by his wonderful knowledge of the past that strange old bearded man with the young and steady voice well, there was enough in Al Dupre's past that was hidden. If the old man could tell him about that, Al would willingly trust his predictions about the future. He gave hardly a glance to right or left as he made for the tent of the crystal gazer, which was distinguished by the flag above it with the yellow star and crescent on the crimson field. A mild breeze struck that pennon, and it streamed out in rapidly running folds. Al Dupre noticed that. He noticed many little things, as a man will do when his heart is ill at ease. It was altogether a bigger and more comfortable tent than the rest, and it was plain that the owner of the tent was the kingpin of the tribe. When Dupre came to the entrance flap, he found it open, and a small fire burning on the ground with a pot steaming over it. Behind the fire, leaning against an Indian backrest, was the crystal gazer. He sat with legs crossed upon the ground, smoking a long-stemmed pipe. A turban was wound about his head. A long white beard streamed down over his breast. It seemed to Al Dupre that under their dark and shaggy brows, the eyes of the seer were keener and more glowing than the coals of the fire. There was no other light in the tent. Am I after hours? asked Dupre. Enter my son, said a soft voice. He had heard that voice described before, but none of the descriptions had done it justice. There was a caress to it, and there was a menace as well. Furthermore, it was oddly, vaguely familiar, as though he might have heard it before, but never from one with such a face. Have you come in need or in folly? said the crystal gazer. Al Dupre frowned. I kind of thought that you'd be able to answer that question yourself, old timer, he said. When I look in the crystal, yes, said the other. Be seated. Cross my hand with silver. Tell me what you would know. He spoke gravely. He had repose of manner and Al Dupre sat down on the very low stool before the man of mystery. Well, you can start back somewhere in the past with me, said Dupre. Suppose that you lay in and tell me the worst minute that I ever had in my life. He crossed the extended slender palm with a whole silver dollar, which the old rascal examined, turned this way and that, and then dropped it into a capacious pocket where it jingled against other coins. The seer now produced a crystal ball, which he placed upon the raised point of the index finger of his left hand. With a twist of the fingers of his right hand, he started the ball rapidly whirling. It seemed to Al Dupre a miracle of cleverness that the man could support the ball in such perfect equilibrium, also that it would whirl so long. He saw the reflection from the fire in the crystal like a little flickering sword blade of golden light. The voice of the gazer murmured, I see you manacled against a wall. 
The pale gleaming of steel bars is about you. On the floor lies a man, dead or senseless. Before you kneels a man who handles the locks of your chains. Al Dupre almost rose from the stool on which he was seated. By thunder, he muttered. He relaxed, and as he blinked again, he saw that the crystal ball had disappeared. The old man had picked up his long-stemmed pipe once more. By the almighty Terran thunder, you've hit on it, said Al Dupre. If you can see that, then see what's going to happen to me tonight. The other held forth the slender hand again. You get silver every shot out of the box? asked Dupre. It is for the eye of the spirit, said the other. The eye of the... began Dupre and stopped short.